Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Crush Hail Academy podcast. I am your host, Bob Argyle. And today's topic is this. The numbers never lie. Sit back and relax, and welcome to today's episode. up everybody and welcome to today's episode so happy first week of july can you believe it the summer is just flying by we got our first hailstorm back in uh april middle of april when we were actually on vacation down in the outer banks and it seems like we've just been off and running ever since uh new york's been quiet this year as far as the hail goes so um we've been Blessed with two hailstorms this year, one out in western New York that got our season kicked off, and uh, we were out there for about six weeks, and then a few weeks back, we had a small storm just outside of Rome, New York, so it's not a high-volume storm by any means, but uh, it's been enough to keep our guys busy, keep us working, keep the wheels turning, Um, and you know what? We're grateful for the work that we we have, and it's still early in the summer, so... um, we're all still hoping for another storm somewhere in New York State before the year is out. But um, you know what? You can't predict this business. That's the one thing about this business. It's very volatile, and uh, you just you don't predict. You can't predict it. So from year to year, uh, business tends to fluctuate. So it is what it is. It's the profession I love and the profession I enjoy immensely. So um, you know what? We deal with it. Anyways, so I'm in the middle. This is end of month, end of June, and beginning of July. So I have a new ritual that I that I do really at the end of every month, first week of um, the new month, um, where I have to go through a bunch of month-end tasks. And I'm in the middle of doing this right now. Some of my responsibilities as president of DentSmart of New York is I got to handle, I got to... Uh, you know, review P&Ls and balance sheets and go through our aging report, uh, collection, see who still owes us money, put a plan in place to collect uh, for some of the, the clients that might be getting out over 90 days, 60, 90 days, that that kind of territory is when we start having to get out and uh, knock on some doors and try to collect our money. Um, reviewing bank statements. Uh, I have to review and approve payroll uh, month-end payroll. I have to pay month-end bills. It's a lot to do. It's a lot to do. But it's it's nice because what it does is it gives me a, a very good snapshot of my company. And it talks, it tells me with a few reports, um, it tells me more about the overall health of my company. How are we doing? Um, which direction are we trending uh, compared to last year? Um, we're coming into third quarter right now, so um, you can compare kind of where we're at this year compared to this time last year, um, and it's it provides a good basis for my planning and my strategizing going forward, and it really kind of dictates our spending for the year, um, marketing initiatives and stuff like that. So we have to keep all this in check. We have to, it's a it's a balancing act. 
So we have to keep our spending in line with what our revenues, um, our you know, our profits are for the for the the year so far. Um, so it's very important to go through these reports on a monthly basis. But here's the thing. I didn't always do this. <laughs> uh, 11 years in the business, and I'm really just learning now how to decipher a profit and loss statement. Um, what's the difference between a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement? Um, aging reports, how to even draw these reports up, how to pull them from our, our software and, and be able to find the certain reports that I need. Paying bills. I know some of you are out there just like shaking your head like, what the hell, man? This dude's in business? Yeah, 11 years in business and I am just learning now. I'm, we're going through a transition in our company where I am starting to take over some of these roles. Some of these roles for our company. So for me, numbers, math, payroll, Profit and loss statements, balance sheets, QuickBooks. All this stuff has always brought a ton of anxiety to me <laughs> when, I, when I even hear the word. Um, I'm overwhelmed with numbers. I dropped out of math in 10th grade. I think it was in 10th grade. I uh, went from a, a Regents. I officially jumped from a Regents diploma to a non-Regents-based uh, uh, coursework because I, I was terrible in math. And I had had enough and I didn't want to do it anymore. At least I didn't want to do the Regents math anymore. So that was a story that I began telling myself at a very young age. Math is not for me. And I look, I look back now at when I got married. Even in, that, in the marriage, the roles were very clearly defined. My ex-wife now, but my wife at the time... She was always very good at managing the checkbooks, uh, balance, you know, balancing our finances and, and managing our finances, I should say. So that was something she was very good at. And that was something that I was terrible at. At least that's the story I was telling myself, right? So we decided very early on uh, she was going to handle all our finances. I was going to go out and I was going to earn. She was going to handle the finances. And not to take anything away from her, she still worked. But I think she enjoyed it. I think she enjoyed doing the books. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe she just felt safer knowing that the checkbook wasn't <laughs> in my hands. I don't know. But it was just, um, it was the arrangement that we had throughout our marriage. And she was good at it. So there were a number of ways that I benefited from this. I think when we met way, way, way back in the day, at that time... Um, I was a young professional. I was making good money. I had a career, but my credit was in the toilet because I didn't have these disciplines. So what I would do is I would live without, I would live outside of my means and my credit. I think at the time that we, we met was like maybe high five hundreds. I don't know, but it, it just wasn't good. And throughout our marriage, because she was managing my finances for me, I think my credit, she actually got my credit up to a point. At one time, it was like 740. It, it was very good. And hers was slightly higher than mine. But I remembered her making some comments like, 
you know, I'm doing such a good job with this. You're catching me in the credit ratings. And I was like, yeah, hey, you know what? This is a, this is a competition and I'm closing in and uh, you just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, yeah, so um, that was kind of the arrangement that we had. So throughout the marriage, I continued to tell myself this story that I'm not good in math, that I'm, I can't manage a checkbook. Um, I remember when we went through our separation, one of the scariest things for me was the fact it like dawned on me one day. I'm like, oh my God, I have to actually start balancing my own checkbook. What am I going to do? It was just so overwhelming. The thought that I had to start actually paying my own bills. It sounds sad, but that's where I was at. And it took me a long time to learn how to manage my, my bills, how to pay my bills, how to manage a checkbook, balance a checkbook, all this stuff. To this day, to this day, I still pay all my bills by paper check and I mail them out every month. I haven't moved into the tech stage of this where everything is done online and whatnot. I'm just, I'm not there yet. This is a process. I'm moving in that direction, but I'm not there. However, my bills, I'm, I'm kind of OCD about it now because I need to pay my bills on time every single month. And it's a ritual for my personal life as well, my personal finances. Every month I sit down and I pay all my bills and I put them in the envelopes. I take them to the post office. I mail everything out. And I've learned it brings me a sense of satisfaction. But I've been separated now for, what, five years Divorced for a couple years now, maybe a couple years, I don't know. But anyways, it took me a while to get there with my personal finances. I can handle, I can, I can hold my own, put it that way. I can hold my own now. Again, most of you guys sitting out there are like, dude, really? I've been doing this since I was 18. I get it. I get it. So what I found when I sat back and I really thought about it, was I was telling myself this same story inside of my business. My partner and I, back, what, 11 years ago, maybe 10, I don't know, we had decided at the time that he was going to oversee the books. He was going to oversee payroll and taxes and all that stuff because that was something that he enjoyed doing and I didn't want to do it so I was like this is a beautiful arrangement (laughs) you handle all that I'm going to handle the sales and marketing the stuff that I enjoy doing I'm going to handle the the production being out in the field talking with clients that was what I enjoyed doing so for years that's kind of what we did And throughout this time, we had a number of different bookkeepers and accountants and people in the office, uh, employees working for us, office managers. We had a number of different people working for us because although my business partner was overseeing the the books, um, he can produce, he can push dents, he can bill. So it didn't necessarily make sense for him to be sitting in an office uh, actually doing the, the, I guess, the banking and uh, the checking deposits and all that stuff. 
So what he would do is uh, we would usually have an accountant that would review our stuff quarterly. Uh, at one time, we had an accountant that literally paid all our bills for us. And we just, and again, he would just review everything, make sure that things were kosher or whatever. Um, and that worked for a while. But what we found over time was as the company grew, um, as we opened up our other divisions of our company, it got very hard um, to manage, to manage ourselves, given the fact that we, part of this business is we're expected to be out in the field and we're expected to be out producing on a daily basis. So as the company grew, it got harder and harder for us to manage the books. Because here's what would usually happen, especially during hail season. We're on the road. For most of the summer, we are literally not even in the office, except for maybe a Saturday or Sunday when we're, we're back home for the weekend, we can stop in. So although we were trying our best to oversee the books, we had people that were working for us or accountants that had a number of other clients and things started to get out of hand. The spending started to surpass the revenues. And when you're not watching it, when you're not sitting there and, and reviewing on a monthly basis, things can get out of control very quickly. You probably heard on my last podcast where I talked about the project, uh, the Dent Defender project. That was a perfect example because from a 30,000 foot view, revenues are good, revenues are high, money's coming in. From our perspective, we had the money to be able to continue to invest in the Dent Defender project. So that's what we did. We continued to spend and spend and spend. And what we did was we accrued debt. So what happened was we finally got to a point where change was needed. We needed to make a change. We had to uh, go from this, this model, this business model that we had where I was responsible for sales and marketing and he was responsible for the books for all three companies to now he micromanages the empire side of the business, which is the body shop. And it's uh, a number of the services that he offers through the body shop. So he handles all the sales and marketing. He handles all the digital marketing. He handles all the book work, uh, payables, receivables, um, collections, um, taxes, everything for the empire side of the business. That's his baby now. That's what he manages. And in turn, I do the same exact thing for the DentSmart side of the business. We had to split things up because the companies grew to a point where um, it needed to be monitored much closer. For us to be able to plan and for us to be able to um, lay out strategies for the, the, the next year, um, we needed to know really the, 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 the financial health of the companies. We needed to have a very clear understanding of that. And it was just not something, I couldn't do the sales and marketing for all the companies and he couldn't do the book work for all the companies. So we had to make that change. So this year, starting in 2019, we've begun this transition 
into these new roles. And it's been a challenge for him because now he's handling sales and marketing, which he doesn't really like. But he's had to kind of embrace this change. And what it's doing is it's making him a better businessman. He had been telling himself a story for years that he was not good at sales and marketing. That he was not good at public speaking. So it was easy for him to let me do that. Much in the way that I was telling myself that I am not good at the math and the bookkeeping and the QuickBooks and all that. And kind of a funny story. We did a radio show, um, I don't know, a few months back. Usually when we go on there, I did all the talking. And he'd come in when he could and he'd sit and, you know, he might throw in a couple, couple lines here or there. But it was just expected that I was going to be the one that would talk on the radio show because I'm more comfortable in that environment. So we had a discussion before and we were, I was kind of like, dude, um, you know, you need to kind of step up here and uh, this one's going to be you because we're going in here with a specific uh, objective to talk about certain services that you offer through that body shop that I can't talk about. <laughs> I don't know enough about it to be able to get on the radio and talk about this stuff. So unfortunately, I know you're not comfortable with it. Um, it's all you, brother. I'll come in and I'll support you and I'll do what I can. But, uh, you know, this one's going to be you. And he got in there and I think he proved to himself. I think that was big for him. It proved to him that he could do it because he crushed it. He did a great job and I was proud of him. I was like, dude, I knew it. I knew you could do this. So it took something like that for him to prove to himself that he could do it. And this transition has been kind of like that for me. For all these years, I couldn't do it. Or maybe I just didn't want to do it. I think for me also, it was kind of nice to know that uh, that responsibility was on him. <laughs> so, you know, you get the credit, but you get the blame as well when you take sole responsibility for something. Much in the same way that I would with the sales and marketing. If something goes good, um, you know, I get all the credit. If something happens and uh, sales are down or whatever, um, yeah, I get the blame as well. So this transition has been tough. It's been a struggle. It's been a challenge for both of us. But we're powering through it. And every day, I'm learning more and more. Every month, I'm taking on a little bit more responsibility. Over time, I'll get a grasp of it. Over time, I'll, I'll get quite comfortable with it. It's much like I was talking about in the last episode. Um, in the beginning, I was not comfortable getting in front of guys in $1,000 suits in a boardroom and talking about the Dent Defender product. But it's trial and error. And over time, I got better at it. And that's the same is going to happen here. Over time, I'm going to get better at it. But some of the things that I've learned since I've started this transition is that the numbers don't lie. And when you know your numbers, you begin to operate your business from a position of, uh, it's based on facts. So you're not operating your business on stories. For years, all I would ask Dave is, hey, is everything good? Yeah, everything's good. Okay, that's all I needed to know. He would talk about a new hire and I would just say, can we afford it? Yeah, we can afford it. That was pretty much 
all I needed to know. That's all I wanted to know. There would be years where business was down and bills were piling up and the revenues weren't there. And we would say it all the time. Oh man, we just need a, we need a hailstorm. We need a good hailstorm. We're one hailstorm away from turning things around. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? So now we're at a point where we're relying on an act of God. We're relying on Mother Nature to turn our business around. Instead of peeling back the layers of the onion, instead of cutting back spending, instead of laying off people. I mean, for years, I would live on savings in the off-season. That's what I do because I would want to make sure that the employees stayed. I would want to make sure that the spending stayed consistent. We could still do the marketing. We could still buy these, you know, these supplies. We could still do everything. So as the business owner, my employees are getting paid. The marketing is staying the same. The spending initiatives are staying the same, but I'm not taking a check, but I'm living off my savings as the owner of the company because we didn't know enough about our own numbers to be able to make the changes that we needed to make to navigate the slow years. And it put us in a pretty big pickle over time. One that we've worked out of, we're in the process of working out of, and I think we're going to be fine. But it was just, it was something, it never needed to go that route. But it was because we weren't operating our business from a place of facts. We were operating our business on stories and on fiction. And that's never going to end well. It's never going to end well. So what this does now is it allows us to plan better for the future. It allows us to strategize. Because when your numbers are healthy, you can operate and you can make decisions from a position of abundance rather than scarcity. Nobody likes to make a business decision based out of fear or based out of scarcity. So what this is allowing us to do now is to better plan and, and to run a healthier company because now the numbers are in check. So this week, the question I'm going to leave you with is this. Where in your world are you putting off a responsibility onto somebody else? that in all actuality, you should be taking ownership of? Is it a skill that you need to learn to move your business forward? Now, I'm not necessarily saying you need to start doing all the book work for your company. This is a decision that I made. This made sense for me. But at the very least, you should understand the reports so that you can review them on a monthly basis so that you have a good, a better snapshot of your company. Maybe it's not in your business. Maybe it's in a relationship with your children, with your wife, with your ex-wife, your husband, ex-husband. Maybe you're putting off a responsibility onto them that you need to take ownership of. Maybe it's inside of your physicality, your physical health, where are you putting off something onto somebody else? Where are you putting the blame onto somebody else and not taking ownership for your current physical situation? 
Maybe it's in your spirituality, your, your connection to God. Where in your world are you putting this off, putting something off that is holding you back and keeping you from connecting with God? So send me an email with your feedback. I'd love to hear from you. You can send an email to robert at robertargyle.com or rargyle at dentsmart.com. Shoot me back your feedback. Also, that robertargyle.com is my blog site, and it's designed for body shop owners and managers and insurance professionals who might be looking for more information on proper hail management. So check that out when you get a chance. Also, if you could uh, like my page, Robert E. Argyle, that's my Facebook business page. And uh, admittedly, it's hail season right now. So <laughs> it's not very active. All right. But I, I would love it if you would at least uh, go and like the page. I'm doing my best to add content to it at a, a fairly regular pace, uh, consistent pace. So uh, check me out at Robert E. Argyle at Facebook or the Robert Argyle on Instagram. And Instagram, I'm actually more active with the Instagram. So, um, you know, I'd love it if you'd follow me on there. And uh, another, another thing that I do is I get on there and uh, when a podcast is about to come out, um, I let everybody know on there and announce it on Instagram. So the last thing I would ask you is if you connect with this message and you know somebody else that might connect with it as well, if you would simply share it up, I would appreciate that. So that's it for this week. If you, you want to reach out, feel free to reach out. Other than that, I will talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Crush Hail Academy podcast. Love you all. Peace.